the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Eight minutes after 10 o'clock, and hour number two is underway on Always Right Radio. Hey, do not forget, we are now, let's see, it's the fifth morning of the 10th month, year of our Lord 2022. That counts us, uh, puts us 17 days from the Battleground Talkers Tour at the IX Center. Please get your tickets. It's never been easier. Number one, it's a simple website, whkradio.com, to register. Number two, you don't have to pay. The ticket price is covered thanks to our sponsor, and uh, we want to make sure that we relay this thing. We want to get as many people as possible packed into the IX Center on the 22nd. Brandon Tatum will be there. Hugh Hewitt will be there. Um, Eric Metaxas will be there. Peter Kersenow will be there, and I will be there. We're going to cover it all. Economy, inflation, border crisis, civil rights, weaponization of the IRS and the FBI against the people. Uh, the real effects of the Biden administration on this country. We cannot allow two more years of unchecked Democrat power. I don't think the country would be able to survive it. Just look at the state we're in right now, 20 months after Biden was first inaugurated. Look at all of the metrics. Look at what uh, your life has become. It is just devastating, and if we allow it to happen for two more years, I don't know if there's any bounce back. So we've got a rally together, and we've got your ticket paid for. All you've got to do is claim it. Go to whkradio.com. Make sure that you find out who else is going. Uh, Register for them as well or get them the link and tell them to register and get their tickets as well. Let's pack it on October 22nd, and then let's carry the energy and the momentum uh, all the way through November 8th, and let's reclaim this country. Larry Elder, our good friend, used to say, we've got a country to save. He was right then, and it's true now. We've got a country to save, and we can do it one state at a time. We've got to win uh, all of the crucial races, races coming up on the 22nd, or excuse me, on November 8th here in Ohio. So the Battleground Talker Store is October 22nd. Get your tickets right now. Okay, um, Speaking of important things that we're going to be deciding uh, on November 8th, uh, we've got to talk about some state issues. We've talked about state races. We talk about J.D. Vance versus Tim Ryan. We talk about Max Miller. We talk about a number of the other the governor's race. We don't talk or haven't talked a whole lot about issues. Ohio issue one is crucial. I have spent a great deal of time with a lot of very important guests talking about the rise of violent crime in big cities across this country. Um, that rise is fueled in large part by a lack of deterrence in the criminal justice system, allowing people to go free without posting bail in many cases or low bail uh, amounts. And uh, these individuals go out and commit more crimes while they're, uh, while they're waiting for the trials for the ones they've already been charged. What are we going to do about that? The state of Ohio has got an issue uh, that says, hey, we need a constitutional amendment that says, hey, judges, you need to consider a number of factors before you decide on bail, including the safety of the public. 
Issue one is called Determining Bail Amount Based on Public Safety Amendment. And joining us to discuss it now is one of the proponents, D.J. Swearingen. He is an Ohio State representative from Huron, and uh, he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Mr. Swearingen, good to have you. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Bob. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on. I'm great. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting more energy energy uh, <laughs> as the days go on and the weeks go on, and we get closer and closer. What are we? How far are we from November 8th now? What are we, about 37 days, 36 days, something in that neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Getting... Early voting starts on October 12th, too. How so about that? We're right there. Yeah, that's a week yep. from today. That's a week from today. So I'm, I'm fired up, and, and I hope you are, too, and I know you are, too. So uh, Absolutely. Let's talk about Ohio Issue 1. I know this is a big deal to you. I've read a few comments of yours in support of this, and I've read the comments of those primarily on the Democratic left who oppose uh, the idea of uh, considering the safety of Ohioans before we decide on bail for for uh, people charged with violent crimes. Give me your take on this. Yeah, th- this is a, a very clear-cut issue, in my opinion, Bob, and, and very, very important for the citizens of Ohio. I think many citizens are not aware of a very bad Ohio Supreme Court decision that was decided back at the end of 2021. The left wing of the Ohio Supreme Court effectively eliminated cash bail, except for a limited number of circumstances in Ohio. I think it's been very clear to me as a state representative that this is not what my constituents want. This is not what Ohioans want. And what issue one does is say that when judges are setting bail, they can consider the severity of the crime committed and the safety of the general public. It's a very straightforward uh, issue, and we believe that it supports those citizens who are doing the right thing on a day-to-day basis, going to their job, coming home to their family for dinner, and they want to be safe from crime in their communities. You know, DJ, when you and I spoke yesterday, you said something to me that I think is exactly true, and it is probably every Ohioan thinks we're already doing that, right? It's such a common sense thing. Aren't judges already considering safety of people, or the safety of the people, uh, the significance of the crime, or the severity of the crime before they decide on bail? For decades and decades, that's how we've done it in Ohio, Bob, except that was overturned by that Ohio Supreme Court decision, DeBose versus McGuffey, back in. 2021, and very few Ohioans even know that that happened. The current law in Ohio right now, believe it or not, it it mirrors some of those other states that we see with rising crime where they can only consider flight risk and setting bail amounts. They can't consider public safety. They can't consider severity of the crime like we've done for decades and decades. And in fact, one of the justices who's running for the chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court is actually running on the, the merits that she did bail reform from the bench. And issue one completely stops that and is very important for the voters of Ohio. Um, the case you're talking about, DuBose versus McGuffey, um, can you give us more specifics on that? Um, this, was a, this was a murder charge, right? This was somebody who was, who was uh, 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 being forced to post, or being held, rather, is a better way to say it, on a, what, about a million and a half uh, dollar bond? for a shooting, right? A, a murder, and, and somebody decided that's too high? That's right. He appealed his bond decision as being too high, and it was, as you've noted, Bob, a very serious, serious offense. And that individual appealed his bail amount to the Ohio, all the way up to the Ohio Supreme Court, which, legally speaking, in the past, uh, was very deferential to the trial court's bail amounts, the theory being the trial courts, those are judges that live in the community, 
They interact with the law enforcement, the prosecutors. They're in the best position to set the bail amounts. He appeals this all the way up to the Ohio Supreme Court. The Ohio Supreme Court not only agrees that the amount was too high, then takes the additional step of saying not only was it too high, we're saying that the only thing judges can consider going forward is the flight risk of the defendant in setting bail amounts, essentially throwing out decades and decades of precedent, going against the plain language of the criminal rules of procedure that have been in place for years, and in my opinion was an egregious case of judicial activism. I think that's an understatement. We're talking with uh, D.J. Swearingen, Ohio State Representative, uh, District 89 uh, from from Huron. Um, that's, that is an understatement. I want to read just a comment in opposition to this amendment. Democrat Cecil Thomas in the state Senate uh, argued that prosecutors can already keep dangerous suspects in jail and a judge can also decide to hold a defendant without bail, and so there's no need for this amendment. And then the ACLU argued that this ballot measure is, quote, unnecessary and deeply misguided. How do you respond to those people who oppose this, uh, this common-sense measure? In, in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, what Senator Thomas is referring to is there are offenses that make criminals eligible for pretrial detention without bail. And, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. However, there are a number of offenses where criminals are then ineligible uh, for pretrial detention, but could be considered uh, to be to receive bail. So the the other thing that I want to point to is we already have effective case studies in what happens when states enact these types of laws with regards to cashless bail. You look at states that have tried this, New York, I think, being the most notorious. And even in New York, they're backpedaling on their cashless bail system. You look to states like Utah, who have tried this in the past and failed. Utah actually had to go back and overturn its cashless bail law years after, a couple years after it passed it, and the law enforcement out in Utah called it an unmitigated disaster. So I would say to Senator Thomas, just look at the states that have, that have tried this type of approach to bail. They've all failed. No one's been able to do it successfully. And on top of that, the crime rates in those states speak for themselves. All of them increased in every aspect. So I, I think that those statements just sort of deny the reality of the situation that we all can see with our own eyes when states enact these types of cashless bail laws, whether that's from judicial activism or in their legislatures, it totally falls flat on its face. And the people that are the most harmed are working class Americans that just want to go to their jobs, send their kids to school and have a safe community. Representative Swearingen, since the Supreme Court, the Ohio Supreme Court was, uh, you know, such a, uh, a, a major factor in this. Um, there's three seats that are uh, that are up for grabs in this election as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you I don't know if you can speak to that or not. Do you, do, can you express a preference? Can you give some people some advice or for some information on on the votes that they should make for uh, these Supreme Court seats? Uh, absolutely, I, I absolutely can, and I'm happy to. So, the three justices that I am supporting for Ohio Supreme Court are Sharon Kennedy, Pat Fisher, and Pat DeWine. All three of them dissented in this opinion, pointing out that the judges ignored the plain language of our criminal rules, 
previous Ohio statutes, the Ohio Constitution, uh, and rightfully pointed that out. And those are three justices that, in my opinion, read and interpret the law as it is written and not as they wish it was written. And that's what we should expect from our judges, that they interpret the plain language of the, either a statute or the Ohio Constitution, whatever they're interpreting in front of them, whatever the legislature has written or whatever the people of Ohio have voted on, and interpret it according to the plain language. And those three justices, in my opinion, do that, and therefore should have uh, seats on the court. And Sharon Kennedy's running for chief justice, and that's someone that I support wholeheartedly. I'm glad to hear you say that. I wanted to find, like I said, I wasn't sure if you were allowed to speak to that or if you felt comfortable doing that, but I'm I glad am. that you did, and I, and I second each of your positions on that. Uh, let me pivot now, and I feel like I'm going to be supportive of your uh, comments on this as well. I want to pivot to uh, a bill, a legislative matter, that is before the General Assembly right now. I don't know exactly where House Bill 722 sits, but I know you are in strong support of it. It's uh, referred to as the Parents' Bill of Rights. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, and, and like we talked about, Bob, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of alarming that we even have to do legislation like this to some extent because, it, you know, this this is the type of thing that should go without saying. But uh, Representative Carruthers and I recently joint sponsored and introduced House Bill 722. And what this bill does, it's very simple. It says that schools are required to disclose to parents any decision surrounding the child's mental, physical, emotional health needs or changes or decisions, they need to involve the parents in those. They've got to disclose it, and they can't discourage the child from going to their parents to get them involved either. Very straightforward, but it's from the premise that, you know, we value Ohio families and whether that's keeping them safe from crime with issue one or keeping parents involved with their child in the classroom, we value supporting Ohio families. And it's very clear, every, every study, every data point that you look at says when parents are involved in their ch- children's lives, the child's outcomes are exponentially better than they would have been without that parent. So why, is, as policymakers, will we not do everything we can to make sure that children's parents are involved at every step of the way in their lives so that these children have better outcomes in the long run. And when children have better outcomes, the state of Ohio has better outcomes and our future's bright. Um, we're talking with Representative DJ Swearinger from uh, from Huron. Um, I, um, Swearingen, excuse me, I, I, uh, I struggle to understand why this bill is necessary. Like you said at the beginning, I mean, is this happening? Are teachers currently actively uh, uh, discouraging their their students from talking to mom and dad about their mental, emotional, and physical health or well-being? I cannot believe we actually have a need for this. I'm not saying we don't. I'm just blown away by the fact that we do. Is this really going on in Ohio schools right now? It, it is, and you you can look to other states, and the, you know those those uh, instances are are publicly available if you want to look those up. But most recently, and I, I think. Most listeners are probably aware, Bob, of the issues that have occurred in the Hilliard and Olentangy School District. Oh, in yeah. fact, one of the Olentangy uh, school districts encouraged kids not to go, to, or it encouraged the administration that they didn't have to tell their parents about certain decisions. So, no, this is occurring in Ohio. 
Um, you know, I hear from parents in my districts that are rightfully concerned that this type of thing could start occurring and become more prevalent throughout Ohio. Um, so we're, we're getting out in front of it. Uh, we're saying very clearly we support parents, we support kids in this state. Um, and when it comes to these types of material decisions that are being made with regards to the child in the school, parents should be involved. You know, um, <laughs> we, we've, we've discussed this kind of thing before. You're right, it's happening in a lot of other states. I'm, I'm, you can take off your, um, you know, your, your legislator's hat now, your representative's hat here, and just talk, <laughs> talk to me as a guy. When the hell did we go so far off the rails? I, I mean, you know, I, we crossed the Rubicon, if you will, a long time. I don't know how or when. Everybody talks about slippery slopes sometimes. And we have just slid all the way down to the bottom of an extraordinary hill because this is out of control. I mean, when did when did we get to the point where teachers can tell kids, don't talk to your mom and dad about this, I'll keep it a secret, you keep it a secret, we'll work toward your transition, we'll work toward your you know, uh, identification as something else, and mom and dad never have to know, I have to know. I mean, when did we go so far off the rails, DJ? You know, Bob, I, I think it's been... And I, I'm saying this as a father too. That's what I'm daughters. asking you as, just as a man, a father. You know, forget about forget about um, you know your status uh, as an elected official here. Just guy to guy, and I think everybody listening right now, under the, just a as a dad or as a mom or as somebody who, when did we lose control of our own kids, and when did we agree to sacrifice uh, our our roles as parents to teachers to substitute to be surrogate parents for us? I don't think you can pinpoint one specific moment per se. I think it's been a gradual progression, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that slope. And um, and I think what I've noticed is for a long time, parents who care very much about their kids, they, they want to keep the peace. They want their kids to do well in school. And, and they're very deferential to our educators and our educational system uh, who, who are in charge and tasked with doing that on a daily basis. And, and there's a lot of merit to doing that. And, and I think parents for a long time were just very naturally trusting of the education system and, and, and raising their kids. I will say this, helping them raise their kids, parents raise their kids, not the schools. Right. But I, I will say, I think during COVID, I did notice a shift where parents started maybe saying, well, we're all in the house together. What is this that you're learning about right now? I think there was maybe a little bit of a renewed interest. Agreed. And once that renewed interest kind of hit, parents said, okay, I've been very deferential for a long time. You know, over, over the course of the past decades, Ohio parents have been very deferential to, to the schools and not a horrible thing. Um, but we've crossed the line here with some of this curriculum. We've crossed the line with what's going on in schools and not involving the parents in those types you, of decisions. You know, what's, you know what's bizarre? I apologize for the intrusion, but the music's playing. No, it's so fine. Just real quick. You know what's bizarre about that? 
And you're right, by the way. We got a chance to see on the computer what the, what was happening in the classrooms that we never saw before. That was the only maybe positive benefit of COVID whatsoever as parents' eyes were open to what's going on. But one would think that the response from teachers and educators, now that the parents are on to what they used to have in private, now that they know, is that they would pull way back on that. You would think that self-preservation, in an attempt to kind of keep their own little thing going here, they would pull way back. And instead, they've doubled down and said, who the heck are you to mom and dad? This is what we do, and we're going to keep on doing it. They've almost just said, you know, we don't care that you know, or in fact, we're glad that you know. Try to stop us. That's what's really weird. It definitely feels that way because parents recently, over the last couple of years, have started to push back on some of this curriculum. I've seen, I think we've seen a renewed interest in the local school boards, and that's great. I, yes. I, I encourage that. I love when, you know, there's a renewed interest in those types of positions. They're very important uh, in terms of governing school districts. Uh, that pushback, though, has been interesting. For instance, you know, the OEA has labeled my bill, which all it does is tell parents what's going on in their kids' lives. They've labeled it as shameful. So <laughs> to sit here and say that parents being involved with their children and raising them and the statistics back up that there's better outcomes when that happens is a shameful thing, I, my eyes were wide open when it came to that, I said, wow, I'm, I'm very surprised. And really, this is a bill that just encourages collaboration amongst the teachers in the classrooms and the parents at home. And quite frankly, a lot of teachers, I don't believe, want to be making these decisions for the kids. They want the parents involved making those decisions, too. So I'm a little surprised. Well, if they that do, then they need to withdraw their membership from the OEA. They need to withdraw from the <laughs> NEA. And that, seriously, I mean, and by the way, they are doing that across the country. You know, the NEA is losing some teachers by the thousands because they don't want to be a part of what's going on here. There are a lot of really great teachers who just want to teach math, and they don't want to teach. Hey, what, what's what's your sexual orientation to a to a to a seven year old? Right. Uh, they don't want to right. be a part of this. Uh, but but this is what is being foisted upon them by the unions. Uh, I apologize, we're out of time. We could talk about this for. And in fact, we'll have to have you we back could. on and talk more about it because it is a very important bill. I want every Ohio citizen to talk to their legislators, to talk to their uh, state house reps and their state senators to get 722 passed. It's only common sense. So, uh, DJ Swearingen, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your input on issue one and on this SB 22 or uh, House Bill 2722. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. All right, it's 10:30. We blew past the break. My apologies. We'll have to catch up on the other side. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Delivering you from the depravity of the radical left. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 1038. Thanks for being with us. A little late coming back here from the 1030 News. We went a little bit long, but the conversation with DJ Swearingen I think was worth it. You really need to uh, follow up on issue one and make sure that you encourage people in Ohio to vote for that. Listen, there, there are so many things that are not in our control. And we can't be blamed for those. But when something is in our control and we fail to control it, that blame lies with us. All right? Issue one is a constitutional amendment 
that would require, as DJ said, judges to consider the severity of a crime and the criminal history and public safety when deciding on bail, on amounts or bail or no bail, rather than just flight risk, which is what essentially changed uh, with the excuse me, an Ohio Supreme Court decision uh, last year where judges were given the authority to just say, well, if they're going to show up for court, then you don't have to keep them locked up, or you don't have to uh, impose a very high bail amount. Never mind the fact that the person might be a serial criminal. They might be a career criminal. They may have carjacked five different people, and if you let them free, they're going to carjack again while you wait for the trial on their last carjacking. Doesn't matter. Not a flight risk. No concern about him leaving the state. No concern about him leaving, uh, you know, the county. Uh, so we're going to give him a, a, a low bail amount. It's dangerous. It puts you in jeopardy. It puts me in jeopardy. We have so many violent crime uh, spikes all across this country. It, it's foolish for us to mess around here. And the, for the fact that the, the Ohio Supreme Court essentially said to the judges, don't worry about public safety when you decide on bail. Just make sure they show up. Just make sure that the bail is, is significant enough that they're going to show up for their, uh, uh, for, their, for their trial and their hearings. Just flight risk. That's all you have to, all you have to do, to, do uh, to be concerned about. And like I said, we can't control a lot of things, man, but the things we can that are directly up to us to decide, where it's not about lobbying our legislators to pass an important bill like Hospital 722. It's a direct vote by us. Uh, you have to take uh, advantage of what you can. Control what you can. You cannot control everything, but control what you can. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Let me go. Let me go to uh, Navy Man Norm. Has been waiting patiently in Strongsville. Hi, Norm. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. I just wanted to bring to the uh, listeners' attention another despicable uh, ploy by the Democrat Party specifically a group called Cuyahoga County Progressive Caucus, along with a group called SPAN, uh, or SPAN, S-P-A-N, Single Payer Area Network, and Cleveland Justice for Jobs. Tomorrow, October 6th, they're planning a big demonstration in front of the Cleveland Pregnancy Center at uh, 39th and Lorraine. And the reason for this big protest is because they, like Senator Warren, Liawaka, view all pregnancy centers as fake. In fact, the brochure that they sent out, and I have a copy, I emailed you a copy of it, by the way, has a clenched fist, and it says, stop fake pregnancy centers. Now, I volunteer for the Cleveland Pregnancy Center, and I have for the past two years, and these people are the best people that you could ever ever hope would take care of the unborn and their mothers. And I mean all mothers. It doesn't matter. There's no ESG. There's no equity. It's all mothers. And they find them jobs after they have their babies. They do everything that they can to help uh, the babies uh, in any medical sense. And for them to be called fake by these Democrat radical Cuyahoga County Progressive Caucus, which, by the way, is one of Tim Ryan's favorite uh, hangouts. He gives speeches to them all the time and tells them he's on their side. No surprise but there at all. Come out, yeah, for them to come out 
and uh, protest in front of the Cleveland Pregnancy Center, besides being pathetic, is despicable. And I just wanted the word to get out and ask the listeners just to say a prayer. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate, just a short prayer, you know, for God's protection over the uh, people who work there at the Pregnancy Center. And one of the things, Bob, that they don't like is because the Cleveland Pregnancy Center combines daily prayers with their help for these uh, patients and the babies. Well, I'll tell you what, um, that I'm, I'm sure that's a part of it. Uh, the, of course, most important part of it, it is the Cleveland Pregnancy Center uh, does not provide abortions, right? They provide care. Exactly. Care for moms They provide and care. And that's not acceptable. Yes, they, no, that's not acceptable. Those are real reproductive services because they actually have them allow the mothers to have children, and then they help the children after the birth, and they help the mothers, which is anathema to these people. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. The, the, you know, and and the because I heard Elizabeth Warren say those things too, and it's simply despicable. And it's even worse that these organizations like this parrot her talking points. But that's exactly what they are. They're left wing talking points. Any pregnancy center that does not include the option of ending the pregnancy and thus killing the baby, they are going to try to torment and they're going to try to shut down. And that's exactly what Elizabeth Warren uh, said that she wanted to do. And as long as you're on the phone here, Norm, I'll just ask you real quick. Your thoughts about Planned Parenthood's latest um, attempt to circumvent Roe and allowing the states to decide whether or not they were going to allow uh, baby killing in their in their states, you know, the legislatures. Did you see the, uh, the the new Did you see the new mobile thirty-seven foot RV that is going to be traveling around and sitting outside just across state lines from red conservative pro-life states that won't allow baby killing to go on unfettered in their in their school or in their uh, states? I only have I only have three words uh, for that, Bob. Satan never sleeps. I think that's that's well said. I think that's well said. Because I'll tell you what, and thank you, Norm, for the call, and uh, God bless you, and uh, and I agree with you. Let's say prayers for those uh, at the pregnancy center, Cleveland Pregnancy Center, as they face the uh, the evil being spewed forth from those protesters tomorrow that Norm was just talking about. But this. This story is just, uh, it's almost its almost unable to be believed. Planned Parenthood officials announced on Monday the clinic would soon be hitting the road in their 37-foot mobile death clinic, bringing abortion services near bordering states that have since banned the procedure after the uh, end of Roe. Yamelsi Rodriguez, president of the Planned Parenthood, of the St. Louis region and southwest Missouri told NPR the goal of the mobile death clinic would reduce travel times and distances to meet patients at the state borderlines. I'm looking at this thing right now, and I can't believe it's not the same blood-red color that uh, Joe Biden's backdrop was when he went to Philadelphia in Independence Hall and told Americans, half of Americans, that they were enemies of the state and semi-fascist and evil and so forth. Um <clears throat> It, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an RV, and fortunately, we can only see the outside because I wouldn't want to see the instruments of death that are on the inside. But I'm just blown away that they are literally going to drive this thing around to parts of the country uh, where they can make abortion easier just across the state line um, when states have, have, have outlawed the, the barbaric, torturous um, 
deadly procedure. I'm I'm just blown away by this. I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, and I uh, I don't know. The only thing I could think of was DoorDash. You know, the uh, people that deliver food, DoorDash. It's Death Dash. This is mobile death. This is mobile death provided by Planned Parenthood. We're going to make it easy for you. You don't have to bring your uh, baby to us to to be killed. We'll bring our death clinic to you. I just think the level that they are rising to, well, rather, the level level to which they are stooping, sinking to, and probably beneath the, uh, well, well, well beneath the earth to a level that uh, might get a little bit warm for them, is simply astounding. Before the nation's highest court, the Supreme Court, started its summer session by reversing Roe, uh, <clears throat> 63 million abortions have been provided by Planned Parenthood. 63 million abortions since 1973, according to Rodriguez. 67, or I'm sorry, 63 uh, million abortions. That is an astounding thing, and they say that with a me- measure of pride. Do you remember, it wasn't that long ago, I, I recall, I'm old enough to recall, when the American left, in terms of politicians anyway, spoke of the abortion issue this way. Abortions should be safe, legal, and rare. This should not be something that is done on a wide scale. It should not be done for just any random reason. It should be only when when you have significant safety issues for the mother, health issues for the mother. It should be safe, remain legal, but be very rare. This is with this. This was the the message, really for for you know a couple of decades anyway. It's been fifty years since Roe, but really over the course of the last twenty years or so, safe, legal, and rare. Now, it is not safe, legal, and rare that they are pushing. It is. Any time, for any reason, upon demand, without apology, including up and to the moment of birth. A child, once it passes through the birth canal, cannot have its brains sucked out or else it's murder. But if we reach inside before it goes all the way through the birth canal, it's health care for the mom. It's a it's an astounding thing, Norm. You put me in a bad mood. I was really uh, I was really onto some things here. Now you made me sick thinking about these things. But I do appreciate the message, and I do uh, join you in those prayers. Uh, let's go to Sally and Bria next. Hi, Sally. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. I wanted to speak about the dangers that conservatives knew were risk when the Biden administration took power. But personally, I was shocked at how quickly. The economy crashed with inflation and how the leftists became so vitriolic in cultural issues such as the COVID mandates and the transgender issues in girls sports. And so this is a battle that we should have taken up yesterday, but it falls upon us now to take it up today and double our efforts to do everything we can to um, turn things around with the midterms and hopefully later in 24. And I also... Um, I'm happy that Eric Metaxas is going to speak um, at the tour, and he reminded us of how quickly Germany descended into chaos in the mid-30s, um, and it's it's happening here, and we have to stop it. He's right, and I know he's going to bring a lot of uh, great wisdom uh, and information like that to the event on October 22nd, so I'm glad you brought that up, Sally. And to your first point, uh, you're spot on. Um, we we have to fight. Yeah, we have to redouble our efforts. Like you said, we should have seen this coming earlier, and we should have tried to nip this in the bud. But obviously, you're talking about the culture war part of this now. Uh, we didn't, and so we have to deal with it. And I will tell you this. 
I know I'm ready for a fight. You try to take my home from me, and I'm going to fight. You try to take my car from me, and I'm going to fight. You try to take my country from me. You try to take my, my, my birthright as a citizen, that which was gifted to us by the founding fathers and defended by countless numbers of patriots and soldiers and fighters through, you know, the last, uh, you know, uh, 250 years. You, 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 you take that from me and you doggone well better believe I'm going to fight. And I'm going to demand that everybody else around me that cares about what this country, uh, what we're going to leave this country uh, like to our children, uh, I hope everybody is going to stand and fight with me. And that's what this is all about. It starts now. Uh, it obviously is a big, big battle on November 8th. We've got to win that battle and then you know work our way through to winning battle after battle after battle until we finally win the war. Yes, I'm a retired social worker, and I used to advocate for clients, and now I feel like it's my responsibility to ad- advocate for the the um, all the citizens of our country and to preserve it. Well, that's because you're a patriot and, and you understand this, the, you know, the significance uh, of the alternative. If we don't, if we don't fight and we don't win, uh, we're lost. You said it yourself, Sally, and thank you for the call. You said it for yourself a moment ago. The speed at which the destruction has happened under Joe Biden is astounding. In 20 months... He's done 20 years worth of damage to the economy, to inflation, to our retirement accounts, our investments, to education, to energy, to foreign relations. I mean, honestly, it's just astounding the speed with which they have, well, carried out their plan. Fundamental transformation of America. This is exactly what they promised. You can call them a lot of things, but you don't call them liars. When they say they want to change the country by destroying it, they mean it, and they're doing it little by little. Well, not even little by little. They're doing it in giant chunks, as you point out. In the first 20 months of his administration uh, is, is, is going to look like nothing if he gets another two years after November 8th. And Odyssey. Ten fifty-seven. We continue always right radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Don't forget Jack Windsor coming up at uh, eleven ten from the Ohio Press Network. You're going to want to hear that conversation. Jan in Brexville. I want to hear your conversation next. Go right ahead. Hello, Jan. Hello, Bob. Yeah, I got you now. Go ahead, Jan. Hi, Bob. Uh, when you were talking to uh, uh, Swearingen, uh, I had a thought come into my head when you were. Uh, discussing where did this all start in the schools. And I know how big you are on patriotism. And I recall in Brexville here 14 years ago when we moved here, they were changing the mission statement of the Brexville schools from a, a patriotic, uh, like a local view, to a globalist view. So the language changed. They changed it from patriotism, which is no longer in the mission statement, to globalism. So now you have the world community that is your duty to, uh, you know, well, it was just a thought. I think that's where it started. Jan, do you have the actual language of the mission statement? I'm very curious to see how globalism is used in that. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I remember there was a school board watchdog at the time, and we both agreed on on this, and she wanted it to go back to saying something patriotic. But, Mm -hmm. no, I don't know what it says now, but uh, it's still more of a uh, not a a specific patriotic view, 
I think in a lot of the school systems, not all of them are that way, but I think if each of us would look at our local mission statements in our schools and ask for something like that with the school board or whoever to go back to saying something of a patriotic nature, because that's more local in nature. When you look at the at the world community, then, you know, now it's our responsibility to look at the world community rather than our local right. uh, patriotic American, uh, you know, borders. I think most districts and, have their mission statements on their school board webpage. Uh, and so if yes. you just go to your bo- local district's board and the webpage, you'll probably find the mission. And if you see... That kind. Thank you for the call, Jan. I appreciate the the heads up on it and sounding that alarm. And if you do see language that essentially pushes globalism on our children instead of national pride, which is exactly what our, our you know what um, civics used to actually teach, which we don't teach anymore, um, I would very much encourage you to get in touch with your school boards and your superintendents and other administrators and get them to go back to it. So. Uh, Jan, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll take a time out for news. We'll come back with Windsor on AM 1420, The Answer. Prices for U.S. drivers just ahead of the midterm elections. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen accusing Vladimir Putin of using energy to threaten Europe. Putin has launched... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.